You're an asshole. Yeah? And you're a loudmouth punk slag. He's about to die. Maybe. But in a minute, I'll be dead. You will always be an asshole. So go ahead and shoot him. I'm getting cold. Shoot! Who's shooting? Tell me. You like soccer? It's a great sport. I was a fucking good striker. Here's an Fuck you! I can swear it now. That's a penalty kick. Run sportman like. Running old chip shot. He dribbles past one defender. Two defenders. Three defenders. Striker lines up at the penalty spot. He focuses on the ball. The crowd is on his feet. Striker moves to his left. He draws back his foot. He comes in. Cinema 9 Podcast. Thank you for joining us all today. It is 7.15 Eastern on a Wednesday. This is typically when the three of us get together. I am your host, Travis Roy. Below me is my other co-host, Eric. Our regular co-host, Mike Govier, is uh, not going to be with us today. He's taking the night off to learn more about time management skills. But we do have our good friend, Brennan, from 
ghost story guys and weird together largely the truth himself brennan store thanks for coming on brennan hey thanks for having me man this, this is i've been looking forward to this i uh i still rarely get a chance to talk about things other than you know weird <laughs> shit so this this is a a welcome a welcome opportunity yeah, as a supernatural podcast person, I, like I admit, part of me was like, oh, "We're getting Brandon on in October. We're going to do some spooky shit." And then, uh, like you picked uh, Cliffhanger, and it's like, "Well, actually, that makes a whole bunch of sense. He's probably ready for a break from yeah. all things spooky, yuki." Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a, it was a good choice. And you know, on a personal note, I know Brennan for a while now. For one, I started as a listener of his podcast, The Ghost Story Guys, available everywhere that podcasts can be listened to. And also, he used to produce my old podcast, uh, which was really nice of him until that kind of fell apart when COVID came and life got in the way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, it's it's I feel like I've kind of come full circle in a way in my podcasting because like yours, yours ghost story guys was that and Mark Marin's were the first podcasts I even listened to. So oh, and, I, I did not know that. Yeah, I was not a podcaster until until then. I'm shooting so, for Marin one day. <laughs> we'll get there, dude. <laughs> Ten oh, years or more. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll take it. Uh, we're happy to have you on. Why don't you tell our, our audience a little bit about maybe yourself and like what your podcast um history is and where we can find you and stuff sure yeah no i uh i'm the co-host as travis said of the ghost story guys podcast we're a true life storytelling show so we tell ostensibly true life stories of the strange and unusual i mean we're called ghost story guys but it doesn't stop there you know we've got uh, all kinds of weird stuff you know uh, i i wouldn't i won't bother naming it because it's not going to make sense to i think people who don't uh who don't know the subject but i will say if you've ever had a story that you've told someone you've said look i don't normally believe this kind of shit but <laughs> it's that kind of show, you know, like we've got a great audience, a lot of skeptics in there, which I really love, you know, cause we're not a religious show. It's not about that. It's just about, Hey, sometimes weird stuff happens. There's really nowhere to put that mentally. So come on, you know, people will send us in their stories. We tell them, we talk about them. We have a laugh. We're uh, we like to talk about mental health a lot on there. And I've been doing that for about six years. Um, yeah. It'll be six years in February and started out from absolutely nothing. And, uh, now we're here and it's, it's not too bad. I actually make a full-time living from it. Not a great full-time living, but mm -hmm. I'm able to do that to sort of focus on that full-time. And I also do the, um, the horror live stream weird together with Joseph Camo. Joseph is the host of the Cardinal rule on YouTube. He's a, uh, football, um, football, uh, commentator, I guess you'd say. And that's a monthly thing where, yeah, we talk about a different independent horror movie every month and largely the truth, which is an interview show. And that. That's been on hiatus for a while because I've been working on some pretty in-depth projects for Ghost Story Guys. But uh, now that those are done, uh, I'm looking at starting that back up. And largely the truth is just me kind of talking to cool people. You know, I, I interview um, authors, artists, musicians. Uh, just before I went on break, I was interviewing or I started interviewing filmmakers. I interviewed, uh, I don't know if you saw Hellbender or The Deeper You Dig. Uh couple indie horror films that uh, Shudder picked up, both really good stuff. But anyways, the directors, um, they're made by a family, like a one family kind of does everything. And I managed to get them on the show. So just, uh, you know, again, a chance to talk to, to interesting people. And that's, that's kind of me. I, I write, I've got a book out, uh, Strange Little Place. The new uh, second edition will be out sometime soonish. Very exciting. I think. Yeah, yeah. I just got the actual, I just got the cover proof today. So I'm very excited. The guy, uh, I think it's Doug Hogan does really great work 
So That's yeah, awesome. that is that is me. That's yeah. awesome. We're happy to have you on, man. Yeah, congrats on that here. second book coming out, and uh, I'm excited to say that one of my like a sentence of one of mine things might be in there. I'm excited about that. It, it is indeed. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I believe I got it in just under the wire. I, I got to double check because I got to do one more editor. They're going to send me one more before editing pass, but I'm pretty sure. If it doesn't, I won't. I won't be. Uh, I'll be fine. But you oh, know, okay. I I I do again recommend his podcast because on a personal note, from from listening to that and absorbing that. I really feel like a life lesson uh, was granted to me and that I used to always think of myself as a skeptical person, but it, it, just by being more open and listening to that kind of stuff, I realized, you know, um, being skeptical doesn't just mean rejecting everything outright. Uh, so I'm a lot more uh, in the middle, I think, than where I used to be before. And, 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 and I think that podcast had something to do with that. So I'm thankful for it. That's cool, man. Yeah. As you say, we have scientists who listen to the show. You know, we have psychologists, psychiatrists. I mean, it's not a highbrow show. Don't get me wrong. It's, <laughs> it's mostly dick jokes. Oh yeah, and farts. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, as I say, we I like to say that we we sort of you can you can come to the show and take what you want from it. We're not preaching anything. Like I said, we're not preaching anything, and uh, we're we're pretty fair about calling bullshit. Like we the, the episode that just came out, we had Craig Owens of Bizarre LA on, and Craig is a great tour guide historian, and he came on to talk about the Queen Mary and just really kind of broke down. This is why the Unsolved Mysteries episode that kind of catapulted it to fame is total bullshit. Yeah. And things like this. So, yeah. Fun. Sounds very uh, Charles Fortean if you're in an anomalous phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, awesome. Cool. Um, and now you get to talk movies with us, which you, you, you'd usually do anyways. Like you find a way to like weasel them in, which I do that in my life too. Every time I talk to my therapist, I'm like, have, have you seen such and such? And she's like, why are you? No, I haven't seen that movie. Well, I don't even know what you're doing therapizing me then, but all right. Right. Um, I, I watch a lot of movies. So this is good. Like I watch like 30 to 50 movies a month. That's yeah. That's about what I'm at. I started taking, um, I started taking note and write them all down once we started this podcast. And it, it turns out I, I watch far, far too many movies. Um, which I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you all about some starting now. We always kind of kick off our show with our quarantine viewing picks. Uh, COVID never ending. So it, the the title of the segment never really seems to end either. Um, what have I watched this week? Let's see. You know, Eric, unlike you. I really liked Phantasm 1 so much that I went and watched Phantasm 2. And then last night I <laughs> watched you. Phantasm 3, man. Did and you? I liked Phantasm 3 as much right. as I liked Phantasm 1 and 2. In fact, there was mm. even more dumb guns in this one, which <laughs> means a lot to me. Um, these movies, I mean, like there's one for or one or two for like every decade for 40 years. This is a cultural milestone. And I really suggest you revisit the Phantasm movie. Okay. Um, no, I, uh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I was listening to that episode uh, the other day and I was like, really? Phantasm's great. It's like, great. I, uh, and, and I was thinking about that with Cliffhanger because just briefly, like the, watching the EPK stuff to get a sense of the film for this, you know, Rennie Harlan's talking about this gigantic computer they use to composite shots together. And in part four, which I think is the only one not directed by Don Coscarelli, I think it's part four. Yeah. The director like literally built an entire 3D sequence just in Maya in the computer in a laptop by himself over six months. Oh. You know, like the technology's come so far and that movie costs like what it costs to style Stallone's hair on Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> but there's such labors of love, even number three, clearly. And, and you know, Reggie, like, come on. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love Reggie. it. It was yeah, great. Jesus. 
I watched. <laughs> I watched. Um, I watched a non-horror movie this week. Actually, I guess I should mention the non-horror movie that I watched this week. Besides Cliffhanger, I checked out Blonde. Speaking of movies that Eric hated, um, you know, I'm gonna be uh, on the far end of the branch on this one because uh, the overwhelming majority of people loathed this movie. I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed Blonde. I, I, does 20, 30 minutes need to be shaved off the damn thing? Absolutely. Um, are there things about it that frustrate me, like digging into the JFK shit? Yeah. But being that one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, the outlaw or the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I mean, Jesse James was a lump of fucking shit. He was a terrible human being. And he's presented in that movie like he's Jesus. So I, I don't think that anyone should go to Andrew Dominic movies looking for like history lessons. And I thought that Blonde weirdly wisely took one of the most exploited women in Hollywood and made her a stand in for like all exploited women in Hollywood. And I thought it was brilliant, man. Like I understand everybody who hated it. I, I get the hate, but I, I really liked it. Yeah. My meme was a joke. I still haven't seen it yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a monster. Cause I, I had I, in our, in our text message thread, I had sent, we always sent pictures of ourselves when we're like an emotional wreck, like crying <laughs> from a movie. So I sent Eric and Mike a picture of myself, like teared up and said like 21 minutes in. And what happens like 21 minutes in that movie, I find like, like anybody would be moved by it. Eric sent a picture of himself pretending to be asleep with a bunch of Z's. It's a 21 minutes into, into a blot. I'm a like, you fucking monster, dude. Um, I'm glad it's a joke. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta be in. Uh, I haven't been in the mood for it, and I want to go in uh, appropriately. Yeah. It's very much a Sunday morning kind of watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I checked out Hocus Pocus 2. How could I not check out okay. Hocus Pocus 2? Which I think it's really hard to make a sequel to any movie decades later and have it be remotely watchable or interesting. I didn't hate it, man. I, I mean, the original is, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt, too. But I, I thought for a 30, what, 28-year-old, 29-year-old sequel, I thought it, yeah. I thought it was okay. Certainly worth seeing. Well, cool. What else did I watch? Um Okay, uh, I I'm not crazy about admitting this because in the space of two three years in Hollywood, they released four movies with the name Escape Room. I watched sure. the one that's famous, the most famous one from 2019. <laughs> oh boy, you know this was directed by the guy that did the the taking of Deborah Logan, which if you guys haven't seen it, is a fucking great Amazing. exorcism movie. It's just fantastic. And this wasn't bad either. I mean, it was it was Cube. It was you know it was Squid Game. It was it was a very much it had been done before, but it was done well for the most part. There's some real clunky parts to it. I, I wouldn't I didn't love it, but it, it certainly had its moments. Um, I got about 20 minutes left of this movie called X that everybody has been oh, talking oh, quite man. a bit about. I didn't quite finish X. it, but I do marvel at Ty West's ability to make a 40-minute movie into two hours over and over again. Um, I think that there's some really good ones that he did, like Innkeepers. And I'm liking X, but I do wish that everyone who liked it hadn't... um, I mean, I'm so guilty of this. I always over-talk movies and like oversell movies. Like, this is a life-changing event. You need to see this movie. So, but I think that (laughs) X... (laughs) I think X may have been a little overhyped. Um, I wish I'd been more prepared for people in rubbery old pe- old person suits. Like that just never fucking <laughs> never works for me. I've never seen a young person portraying an old person and been convinced in any movie ever. <laughs> so that kind of takes me out of it. You Not know, Hellfire. Um, 
Mrs. Doubtfire is the exception, but we're supposed to know that she's in, you know, he's oh, in yeah, the whole get call. up, right? So it's, I, mm -hmm. I can accept that. But I did think of that movie more than once watching <laughs> X. <laughs> Run by fruiting. <laughs> the drive by fruiting. Um, <laughs> you know, we were, uh, me and Eric were supposed to be on a podcast together, the All American Spook Show, po Spook Show podcast. But how are you feeling? You feeling better? Yeah, you're, you're not well. My emotional collapse. I'm fine <laughs> okay. now. Um, but I had uh, mine in June, so I get it. <laughs> I had mine this afternoon. Uh, I had uh, car issues. Being being really broke and having your car break down like, at the same time uh, was a really humbling experience. Yeah, yeah man. Absolutely. That's actually how I ended up selling my car. Yeah. <laughs> kind of forces <laughs> that on a person, doesn't it? <laughs> But uh, for 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 that podcast, All American Spook Show, those guys are so gracious and kind. We're gonna have to have them on here. They're they're a lot of fun. Everybody should definitely check them out. You can check out the episode I did with them where we covered Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. If you want to, uh, all I did was just sit there and gush about Demon Knight uh -huh. and Billy Zane the whole time because I fucking love Demon Knight. It's such a classic for me. I, I I've got. And then to wrap things up here, my number one movie that I watched this week really surprised me because it's about a guy speaking to an obscure god through a glory hole. Ah, uh, glorious! Okay. You know, you know exactly what I was talking about. Glorious yes, is it lives up to the name. I put it on very late at night, and I'm like, ah, this is gonna be dumb. Whatever, I won't need to pay attention to it. And I love, I fucking love when I put a movie on when I'm in no mood to really pay attention to it. I'm like, I'll just kind of have this on the background while I'm playing a game or or like doing other things. Maybe I'll turn it off, and I just can't stop watching. Like I just get completely locked in. The phone gets forgotten about. I'm just like locked in. Ryan Quantin and uh, J.K. Simmons. This movie is so weird and unique and funny and stupid and wild. I really, really liked Glorious, but it's definitely not for everyone, not for the faint of heart. It's no. literally a glory hole? I'm not kidding. Brand, you saw it? I did. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is a mini god on the other side of the glory hole. <laughs> that's that's all the premise you need it's uh yeah. yeah it's it's wild man and talk about i also am a sucker for one location movies and this is that and i, I love that see i'm the opposite i don't like single location movies i oh. get weirdly claustrophobic and bored whenever mm. i'm watching a direct-to-video action movie and they're running around a parking garage i'm like mm -hmm. ah shit they're not going anywhere else are they <laughs> <laughs> okay all right you know, I feel that way when it comes to uh, single shot movies like like 1917. Like I just like oh. I get so like wound up. I'm like I need a I need a break. Yeah. I need a break. <laughs> I remember. Um, you ever see ATM? That horror movie where she's stuck in that ATM I uh, vestibule. Know. That was solid, dude. Really? Um, I watch that. Give it a shot. Maybe maybe it'll will turn you because it was very effective. Uh, but yeah, it might get on your claustrophobic side because that's fucked. Yeah. Uh, okay, Travis, that's that's pretty good. Thanks. Uh, I got I got I watch burned. movies well. I got burned this week pretty bad. Um, I don't even know if I have any high recommendations. So, oh no, I do have some things I want to talk about. Um, so, I finally finished all six seasons of Leave It to Beaver. I went back and I watched all of them. So, I watched the 1983 made-for-TV movie Still the Beaver, Oof. and I was laughing my ass off. And like, I don't know, I might. I've been trying to like write for uh, like screenwriter somebody, so I might pen this article. Like, this is the original like requel. You know, we have these requel nowadays where like the original cast comes back, but now like they're training the younger generation, and like uh, it, th th this same thing happens. Like, you got 
the same thing they have nowadays where like your, your classic characters are like completely like losers now and like their lives are in shambles like i.e han solo luke skywalker laurie strode race dance it's like the same thing's going on beaver's out of a job his wife kicked <laughs> him out of the house his kids hate him like wally's impotent like and then like he has to, re- he has to return back to mayberry and like get his life together it's like the same thing you see nowadays in these uh in these requels uh really bad really bad um can't recommend it i'm shocked yeah i don't don't see anyone rushing to youtube to find this shitty version some guy recorded off his vhs machine um yeah um this one's gonna sting but i have to be honest with the uh, the audience oh boy like i remember as a kid like talking about this and i've my i've spent my whole life like enjoying that i was like a fan because it's so cool tron the original from 1982 when's the last time you saw it when i was like two it's bad does it count if i napped in between (laughs) (laughs) well i did a lot of did a lot of napping when i rewatched tron wow dude it's not good like it's 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 kind of embarrassing to sit through it's very cringe like i always admire innovation people trying new things but it's like it's hard to sit through when you Um, go to watch like 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 visual feasts from 40 years ago and stuff yeah. like they if that's if they're really hinged on that kind of aspect yeah. it's hard to be impressed by yeah it. yeah you i mean you look at something like logan's run and it really doesn't matter how cheap everything looks because the story's so good the story's great uh, right? it's a complete opposite with, with this uh, it sucks man um <laughs> killer clowns from outer space i've, I've never yeah. seen this before oh, uh never i've always heard about it i've never sat down and watched this fucking thing like what is this how is this a movie like high, like spirit Halloween masks. Dude, and like it scared the, the fucking pits out of me when I was a kid. Like I was terrified of this movie. I was like six. Mm. <laughs> I grew up with it. I don't know, Brandon. I saw that one for the first time uh, like a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Did and you? I, I did. Yeah. I, I same thing. I'd always heard of it. Never watched it. It was a thing where I like, ah, oh, fuck. I'll put it on before I fall asleep. Stayed up for the whole thing, and I just thought this is crazy enough that I love it. Yeah. It's not supposed to yeah. be good, right? I mean, no. Well, also, I thought it was, I thought it was thought like it was like I knew it wasn't trauma, but I thought it was like hard and like like really fucked up. It's like PG thirteen and very neutered and like not that creepy. Like the masks are kind of cool because they move and the clowns look interesting, but they, yeah. it's just bad. That's fun. Um, yeah. Hi, fun. <laughs> um, damn it! Uh, lost my train of thought here. I think that might be it, unless something pops. Anything good? Yeah, but watch any good movies? Oh no, it's been kind of a. Oh, I did watch Demon Knight because uh, we were going to do it for the show. Um, and this is a movie I used to watch like every day. My older brother Marty would bring it home from the Meyer Video Store every single night, and we would watch it. But it's been since like 1995. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. Oh I man, wasn't come feeling on, it, really? Look, Billy Zane is a beautiful man. Okay. You got somebody who's funny, but like, aside from that, like, I'm like, this is like, what, what is, where's the, where's the, like the originality and like the cleverness from the show that I loved on HBO. It's just like a standard, like, um, Night Living Dead rehash with decent effects. I wasn't feeling it, man. I'm sorry. I'm glad you weren't, I'm glad you didn't come on the show then. Yeah. (laughs) Can't defend it, but that's it, man. All right. Well, Brent, you been watching any movies? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my audio for some reason keeps dropping out.
Uh, so if I'm to something you say, assume it's because I didn't hear it. But uh, <laughs> you dropped out yourself there. Yeah. So, oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, so I, I might have to drop out for a sec, move something around. My, I'm pretty sure my laptop is dying, which is awesome. Because, um, you know, paying two rents is not expensive enough. But anyways, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, recently, I tonight I watched uh, Hex, which is a Chinese horror movie from 1980. It's a Shaw Brothers production. And um, it's fun. It's it's not the movie. The, the cover looks very metal. The cover looks very mm-hmm. like Hellraiser, like Chinese Hellraiser. Yeah, it's not. It's not that. It's it's almost got like kind of an Agatha Christie kind of ending, but it's fun. It's it's definitely you mm-hmm. know if you're okay. you're you're bored, you got ninety minutes to kill, and you can kind of do that like Shaw Brothers style. That's sort of like not quite. It's not camp, but it's like a little bit more broad. <laughs> um, yeah. So watch that. Uh, last night I watched House of Darkness, the new Neil LeBute movie, which oh. is shit. How was it? Yeah. It's it's fine. I mean, it's oh, okay. It, it's fine. It's very. I mean, it's Neil LeBute. It's ultra low budget. Very talky. Uh, yeah. Is it LeBute? <laughs> it's LeBute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not prime LeBute. Like it's not like was it Lakeview Terrace or uh, <laughs> you know in the company of men or whatever. Like, how how is, many misogynists are in this movie? All of them. Uh, all of them. Justin, Justin Long represents all of them. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's like the platonic that. ideal of the misogynist. <laughs> okay. So, good. There's only. Um, and and you know where it's like I knew nothing about it going in. I try not to watch horror movie trailers anymore because I find they give a lot of the good shit away. Yeah. But as soon as I saw that, you know, the film opens with him driving a beautiful uh, Kate Bosworth to a remote mansion that she lives mm. in, and her name is Mina. Uh, oh, okay, so they're vampires. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> vampires. So it, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's fine. I I wouldn't say watch it unless you're a Neil Labute completist, um, <laughs> or a or, or really you want to watch the Justin Long douchebag resurgence because <laughs> he's also in Barbarian, which oh, I saw recently. Anything. I, Ro- I won't say that. anything, but yeah, it's dang. good. And I want to play. He plays a great <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, I did. Uh... <laughs> You're right there, Tiger. <laughs> and then he also, and and then, and no, no, no. I w- I wouldn't think of ruining anything for you. Barbarian is so Can't much wait. fun. I did it on a. I did a double feature with that and Pearl the other night. Mm. which of course is a prequel to X. Right. And uh, I really liked it. I liked X. I didn't love it. I didn't realize there was all these people who kind of started getting hard for it like that. I mean, uh, it's good. It's a good slasher movie. It's not, you know, the best slasher movie. You know, I think also that the fact that Pearl, this prequel comes out, what, the same fucking year? It kind of gave me the impression that it must be great if it's already mm. turning out a sequel in the same year. People are clamoring for more of this character. I've, people were talking about, like, give me a goth a Academy Award. I'm like, oh, this must oh, be amazing. I mean, th- they shot them at the same time, I think, is why it's happened. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Because they shot it down in New Zealand during quarantine. And so I think A24 just, you know, Ty West said, carve me off an extra, you know, whatever. And I think it was, a, the, I think Pearl's budget is like a million. So, you know, it's it's a relatively inexpensive um, yeah. film. And so they just shot them both at the same time. Got a I know they're capper coming out later this year, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Maxine. And no, Pearl's good. I, I, I dug it. I mean, I, I've heard some people call it Joker for girls. And I don't mm. know if that's necessarily accurate. But uh, it's there's if, if you have a hard time, like sometimes I have a hard time with like cringe between people in movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of that. No, so, great. you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's some gnarly shit in there too. It's yeah. if you're again, it's a horror movie first and foremost. So weird shit happens. And uh, Mia Goth, she is great. And it, it's got this like Technicolor Wizard of Oz thing going for it. So it's 
yeah, it's it's a trip. Uh, I think watching that and Barbarian the same night, probably not wise. Um, <laughs> had a hell of an anxiety attack on the walk home, but Why? Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine. No, like I could tell you, but then Eric will kill me because that's table Barbarian. No, fair enough. Watch Still the Beaver when you get home and cleanse your palate. <laughs> Still the Beaver. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Still the Beaver reminds me. Do you guys remember that terrible Riverdale um, adult, like Archie, adult yeah. Archie TV yeah. movie they made? It's, yeah. Yeah. Seems like the same thing. Like, like Moose is a chiropractor and Archie's <laughs> life is all shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say so, it again. Well, Wally is impotent. That's the, his whole plot. That's so that whole, wasn't even a joke. Whole story. No, that's his story during the movie. He's impotent. Made for TV. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Talk right. about Wally's dick on TV. Wally's dick. <laughs> All right. Moving on from Wally's dick. Um, the only other movie I got on my list is uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. Oh, what's that? The first two thirds uh, were legitimately brilliant. I, I thought I was thinking like five stars, one of the best things I've seen this year. Wow. Uh, the final third really fumbles. Like basically once the, <laughs> once the djinn starts telling, st finishes telling his story and the, the, like the present day story starts moving forward, mm -hmm. it really starts to Ooh. stumble. And I, I don't know if that's because it's like the George RR Martin effect where, you know, like I know it's based on a short story and I don't know how much of the short story, like wh where that fits into the film. So yeah. I don't know if it's maybe like the short story is the good stuff and everything else kind of, it's not terrible. It just feels rushed. Mm. Yeah. I, again, I won't ruin anything, but uh, there, you know, like characters kind of evolve, and you think, well, that was fast. Mm. <laughs> a little rushed. Uh, yeah. All right. yeah. Well, real quick, I forgot. Uh, I'm a. I was blown away by Host Rob Savage's horror movie, his quarantine horror movie. Oh, Fuck yeah, man. So I could Love not her. wait for his follow-up dash cam. It's not good. It's oh, not shit. good. That's that is a hard movie bad. to like. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, that's too bad. Host was great. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I started watching Dash Cam with my wife, and uh, she got up, I don't know, five minutes in and said, basically, fuck this, I'm going to bed. She hated <laughs> the, lead, the lead so much, that's which is thing. fair. I didn't like her either. That's uh, you got to at least tolerate your lead. You don't have to like them, agree with them, but they got to be tolerable. That's uh, it. If you actively hate them, I just think, well, why are we watching this, guys? Right, right, right. All right, All right well... Those are, those are our quarantine viewing picks. Thank you, everyone. We're going to progress on the second half of the show now where we'll actually get into the nitty-gritty of Cliffhanger. St Sylvester Stallone and Rennie Harlan's Cliffhanger. This was yes. Brennan's choice. Uh, Brennan, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? I don't. I, I think it was, I mean, chances are I saw it when I was a kid, you know, on, on VHS because my family would put shit on that I should not watch. You know, sure. I remember watching The Shining when I was like 10. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think I pro like properly saw it, saw it for the first time in high school. You know, me and my buddies would rent a bunch of movies because my uncle managed the video store. And so we'd just go down to my basement and, you know, watch whatever. And yeah. I must have seen it down there. Right on. Eric, what about you? Oh, dude, when this came out, I remember my dad busted into my room and was like, get in the car right now. We're going to the movie theater. Sly's <laughs> got a new one. Get in the yep. car. <laughs> yep. Loved it. Loved it. Rented it five billion times. Wore the VHS out when I bought it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this. Incredible. All right. So you grew up loving this yeah. movie. Basically. Yes. All yes. Right. I remember seeing this one in theaters. This is, I, I, don't, I don't often remember the theater experiences uh, of my life, usually, to be honest, especially going back to 1993. I would have been 12 or 13. 
but uh my you know my parents my mom especially used to take me to the movies a lot and if there was like a big movie you know and this one stuck out in my memory because of that opening i remember this like uh being on the literal edge of my seat with the opening of this movie and it, so that theatrical experience really kind of sticks out in my memory um what do we uh any guesses on what the imdb score is oh people are stupid Mm. and it's like it's i mean it's not a super intelligent action movie either i mean it's kind of it's a little bozo not a bad way appreciate good trash like this Mm -hmm. yeah i'm looking at the score right now travis you're cutting out brand losing you yeah your audio just dropped out for you just compared it to saw travis what do you think the score yeah no (laughs) <laughs> all right you, you go you're ahead. okay you want... back. yeah all right jump okay. out and come back we'll chat we'll chat all right we'll we'll we'll, we'll chat it up oh look he's even got like a little he's he got does. his own little face up there for those who are yep, watching and not entirely. listening that's <laughs> that's what that's what brennan's uh headshot looks like it's great very 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 dashing very very leading man um i'm gonna guess that uh oh you know what i'm sorry uh we've been we've gotten a lot of uh comments here from rip and tara um asking whether whether or not uh been they, uh let's see um they've been watching some stuff too uh they watched coherence great movie they watched leslie nielsen's bad golf made easier all right all right <laughs> okay uh they're sure. a fan of demon knight thank you rip and tear and uh let's see uh parking garage warehouse and forest are the classic signs of a garbage movie that's probably true i like p2 um, yeah i'm sorry these are all kind P2 of showing up at once rip and tear too solid um, Logan's Run in need of a remake. I would watch that. And, Absolutely. Uh, and then they say lies to, to something that we said, but I lies. don't know what okay. it was. We apologize. That, yeah, I got we'll to fa- we'll fact check. <laughs> the the, the um, P2 thing reminds me just quickly. It's funny, kind of a funny story. Obviously, Wes Bentley plays the villain in that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was in LA a few years ago, and I was just wandering around. I wandered into a Froyo place at like 2 in the morning, and I started shooting the shit with a guy behind the counter. And he was a kid from, I want to say, Denmark or Sweden, one of the two. And he'd been in a movie with Wes Bentley back in his home country. And yeah. Wes had basically been like, oh man, you should come out. You know, you'll love it out in Hollywood. And then, so he came out, the poor dumb idiot. And then just, of course, Wes, you know, he was like invisible to Wes Bentley. And so he's just been scraping by trying to find bit parts. But because he's from a Scandinavian country, they all want him to talk like this. Mm. And mm-hmm. he, he just refused. So every now and again, I check his IMDb to see how well things are going. And it's, it's, it's slowly improving for him. But for whenever him. I think of Wes Bentley, I think, you son of a bitch, Dang. you left that kid there. I was really <laughs> hoping you were going to say that you walked into a frozen yogurt shop and Wes Bentley served you frozen yogurt. Going <laughs> 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 on hard times. I don't think he's quite there yet. I mean, there was a period where he was using. I think it got close. Okay. I'm very much going to one of those like AI generate art things, and I'm going to ask them to make Wes Bentley serving me ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my guess for the IMDb score for Cliffhanger, I'm going to say it's high, but like middling high. Mm. I'm not. I'm, I don't think it quite makes it into seven territory. I'm going to say six point nine. Okay, Brennan, I'm going to say five point five. Ooh. Dang, it was really you undershooting it. Yeah, six point five. Six point five. That's it, six point five. All right, so right, right between us. Hold up, yeah, I'm sorry. Tara is saying that uh, they're a fan of Demon Knight, so yeah, I'm getting getting more backup on Demon Knight. I appreciate that. Um, six point five is, I think that's that's it. Sounds about right to me. 
It sounds about right. Now, um, the interesting part here is when we go over Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, we've got a thermometer, fresh tomato, 67% from the critics. They enjoyed themselves, whereas, sadly, the bucket of popcorn is tipped over at 52% from audiences. Wow. Which baffles me. Like, how do you not walk out of the theater thrilled in 1993? But again, IMDb didn't exist when that when this movie came out. So a lot of people that have been watching this movie that ranked it on IMDb did not watch it in a theater in a movie theater. Yeah, same thing with Rotten Tomatoes. That's gonna be a lot of people who watch it and go, "Well, right. this doesn't make sense," and they push their fucking glasses up their nose. <clears throat> <I don't know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, true. let's take a look um, at some uh, critics' reviews here. Yeah, and, uh, tell us what the critics have our, to say. If some of our old friends in the top critics section had to say about this, because, you know, action movies in the early 90s, kind of a strange time. I mean, can we rattle off anything post Die Hard that really struck a chord with audiences that wasn't straight action sci-fi or action comedy, but just straight action? Mm, that's a good point. I'm trying to think um, aside from, I mean, Die Hard 2, but Speed, uh, mm -hmm. speed uh, was 94, though. That was a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, a year yeah. after this. Um, uh, I'm blanking. Everything I'm thinking Ricky. of, like there's so yeah, a little bit later. Yeah, I'm thinking T2, but that's like that's science fiction, pretty much. Yeah, you know, like great action comedies, like Shane Black stuff, but like just straight action that was kind of waning uh, in the early night. Hard Target, I mean, I guess the the River Wild. What was that like? Eighty nine? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm, that was ninety three. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So White White Squall. I don't know. There wasn't much. I'm on. I'm on <laughs> boat movies. I think White Squall was '96. Oh, mm. I'm getting late. Okay. Gene Siskel, may he rest in peace, gives it a splat. He says, "Take away the mountains, and what you have is a howlingly bad action film with a cornball villain out to steal a massive amount of United States currency from federal agents." So he's not liking it. One out of four. Mm. Ouch rough yeah yeah that is uh pretty tricky um, i do have thoughts on the villain account i'm looking forward to talking about that his buddy roger ebert may he also rest in power cliffhanger Eats. is a device to entertain us and it works especially during those moments when stallone is hanging by his fingernails over a three mile fall and the bad guys are stomping on him the tomato is fresh loved it Th did he say that the tomato is fresh no, no, I'm looking at a fresh tomato <laughs> next to his name. And you asked for it, you got it. Desson Thompson of the Washington Ooh. Post chimed in, in on January 1st, 2000 of all times, man. All right. Just pull the rug on your judgment, good sense, and values. Remember to leave enough motor skills to face forward. That's where the screen is. <laughs> all right. So he thinks it's cerebral. <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. man's action movie. Real brain bender. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go man it's kind of uh it's kind of mixed more mixed than i would have thought it's it's, it's something like 280 uh world it was a hit you're in and out yeah. again, bud. 70 million budget pulls uh, in almost 300 million so this was this was this made a lot of money enough that they talked about a sequel didn't happen but they talked about <laughs> the, it the damn <laughs> <laughs> The dam. You read this? The dam. <laughs> yeah, Let's take all of this and just make it the Hoover Dam. Let's see if we can squeeze two hours out of that. I don't know. I like daylight. Could do worse. Yeah. Uh, daylight was probably more of a spiritual sequel. Uh, I guess we should. I think we should start with that classic beginning because if anybody thinks oh. of anything about this movie, the movie that's that opening scene was parodied and other stuff. We don't always start with the beginning with the movie, but this is like the the, the beginning is really, you know, the 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 bulk of this movie. 
Yum. Uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls, I think most famously parody <laughs> that opening. But yeah. what struck me, even, and I just saw this last year, I was touting it big time on the show. So I you was did. happy to take another look, but what struck me was the sound design. Like when they get those um, inserts of all like the ropes loosening up, that just, mm. man, that drove me nuts. It was so tense. You know what drove me nuts is like the woman wouldn't reach up. I'm like, fucking reach up. I'm yelling at my TV. Yeah, reach up. I mean, I hate heights. I'd have a hard time with it. But if you're that high up, like you got to be at least okay enough that you can reach up. Well, I mean, can we talk about the fact Michael Rooker apparently has a bad knee, but he still and tried to and, and hair, but he's got like a bum knee and he still took someone who apparently does not know how to climb on a direct path to try and challenge God. <laughs> he's way more at fault here than gabe a thousand times really? i love that that really? he gets that look he's like this is your fault no you dumb motherfucker this is your <laughs> fault like oh this is no big deal yeah we just had to bring a helicopter and like five people up here to endanger their lives to save your dumb ass <laughs> Everyone's yeah, so no they're, acting like, they're acting like all she has to do is uh crawl backwards on this wire like like a hundred yards like that's it i would never do that i would freeze and have a heart attack and die if someone told me that's the only way to get off this mountain i almost had a heart attack watching the fucking movie never mind trying to do it myself yeah, yeah. I, I mean i hate heights which apparently so does sylvester stallone so he had uh mm -hmm. like 95 percent of the shots were done by by uh stunt people yeah so i i find right. it fascinating that he would co-write a script where he's hanging from rocks all the time but uh <laughs> he made it work and the the guy who did a lot of his stunt climbing wolfgang golick he died shortly after shooting in a car accident of all things Greg. of all things Greg, that's wild i mean yeah i guess there's a lesson in there somewhere i don't know what it is but yeah i don't... mean the, the picture opens up with two incredible things that you just don't see in action movies nowadays, a beautiful scope, an epic scope with real locations and uh, a gorgeous score for a stupid action movie by Trevor Jones. Yeah. Yeah. There's some similarities between that and last, uh, the Mohicans I'd say, but I mean, it's, it is a beautiful sweeping score. Um, I love that the movie's called Cliffhanger, and to drive the point home, there's a guy hanging from a cliff above the title card, which is sure. subtle. This is Not back subtle. when movies gave you what you paid for, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> How will they know what movie they're in if there's, there isn't a guy directly hanging off a cliff? Joel Silver's <laughs> just grabbing Rennie Harlan. Look, you mother. I want a goddamn someone I want hanging off a cliff right now. <laughs> Get him up there. Not exactly. Before I, I, I'm going to look down at my, my mirror. And by the time I look back up, doing this, <laughs> slide man better, better be, be hanging from the cliff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit, now, man. It is nice that there are. Um, I mean, it's such a mix in term. I guess that's going to be a word we're using a lot, but it's such a mix in terms of scenery because there is so much gorgeous footage of very mm. real Italian mountains, like beautiful vistas and all this mm -hmm. stuff, and then there'll be like this plastic ass set. <laughs> they'll suddenly just be like oh man all of a sudden like where'd you guys you took a you yeah. turned a corner and all of a sudden you're like in a gi joe yeah. base. the, the uh, cave yeah. looks like a middle school play production of the hobbit <laughs> yeah. or like when um when gabe has his confrontation with travers not travis as john lithgow keeps saying travers 
played by Rex Lynn, who has there ever been a more G-man looking motherfucker in your life? In, in his life? I mean, <laughs> he's so perfect for the role. Uh, but like when they have their confrontation, I'm like, man, this is like, it's just, it looks like a big plastic. But, but on the other hand, there's a lot that looks fantastic and is gorgeous and really well shot. Yeah, most notably, I was struck by the gorgeous uh, matte paintings. Like every time they're showing Sly like on a mountain from far away, like I, that held up so well. You expect to see just a fucking obvious matte painting, matte lines and everything. And it was composited beautifully for 93. Yeah, it, 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 they, they did a, a, a pretty good job with that. Is this I mean, what other movies is Rennie Harlan did? He did uh, Die Hard 2. <laughs> Right, he did um, Cutthroat Island, famous bomb, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got his money, Deep Blue Sea. He's got his, his fun director, silly, yeah. silly. This is probably movie. the most serious thing that he did, I would guess. Right, or one of saying a lot when you got Stallone making like fucking stalactite jokes, whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that is the best kill in the movie by far. Pushing up Leon, just Leon, up onto a stalactite. <laughs> straight Jason Voorhees kills. And Leon, dude, coming up Cool Runnings. He's a straight badass, dude. He can. He, we were wondering where Leon was when I was talking about Cool Runnings, and he's got range. For sure. Um so you said, Brennan, that you have thoughts on John Lithgow. What, what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on John Lithgow? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go until my uh, connection fucks up again, and then I might have sure, to yeah. dip out and come back. Yeah, but, we, uh, we'll make it work. Quaylen is by far the stupidest villain <laughs> I've seen in recent memory. <laughs> now, okay. So Christopher Walken was supposed to play the role originally, and he dropped out. I assume because he didn't want to spend a bunch of time on a fucking mountain. Yeah, and you know, it's cold up there. No, you know he's, he's <laughs> yeah, not yeah, exactly. Yeah, my my <laughs> my understudy. But Christopher Walken would have had the self awareness to understand how stupid Quaylen is, because I used to believe anyone who's this successful an international terrorist mm. just murders his associates so simply. <laughs> like, like, why work for him? There's no upside. Like, <laughs> you, 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 the second, the second you do anything out of the, oh, I'm just going to shoot you and throw you out of my plane. Oh, okay, good. So there's lots of, uh, lots of loyalty here. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be part of this organization. Yeah, and but they address it, man. Even Trevor says like he doesn't trust him, so he's going to go to the airplane before he sends the money because he's read his dossier. He probably knows he's a psychopath. But that's what I mean. Like, even I, I've met psychopaths. They're not this stupid. They at least have some like, <laughs> delayed gratification ability. But Quaylen's just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot my girlfriend. Now I'm the only one who can operate the helicopter. Okay, that seems extreme. So, <laughs> and and like th when they they send Gabe up to get the money, money, and they're like, take his coat. Don't give him any of his climbing gear. That what the fuck? <laughs> Guys, how is that, that? That's gonna improve his 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 skillmanship here. And then like loudly. We're sure going to kill the shit out of him when he comes back. <laughs> oh, boy, I hope he comes back. No, you have to do it in this British accent. I, mean, I can't even do it. <laughs> oh, hold on. No, you have no accent unless you're saying bastard. Then you bring it back for that one word. <laughs> you know, but I like, I Qu like Quaylen's a lot of fun. Like, um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like. No, it's fine. Lithgow has this incredible ability to go from like intensely vulnerable and sweet to downright like passively menacing. 
Like, and he's one of the few villains, like, from this type of action movie that's just an asshole, uh, cold-blooded menace. He's not, like, charming. He's not, like, cool. He's just a fucking dick uh, out to get what he wants, which is kind of refreshing. You know, I've said it before on the show. It would show, be even better if he was better at his job. <laughs> yeah, no, no wonder he just keeps on losing, uh, losing all of his money. I, I've said it before. I'm a big fan of Daddy's Daddy's Home too. Uh, if you want, if you want to see uh, a, a classic uh, Lithgow being a big softy, he is incredibly good at being like this gooey, like you know, or Third Rock, or, um, Third Planet from the Sun. Rather, mm-hmm. he is so good at being this gentle kind of goofball. But when he wants to be villainous, I mean. He, Nothing to me beats uh, Trinity on yeah. um, on uh, Dexter. On Dexter, yeah, he was amazing on Dexter. And amazing. but has he ever done anything in between? I wonder. I can't uh, think of it. Just like, he, hey, I'm a guy. Played a serial killer in Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet. Oh, exactly. God. Oh, so stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, dude, I'll, I'll tear up just thinking about the scene when he slaps Harry and tells him to go back into the woods. So yeah, powerful. He's pretty- Okay, he's a normal guy in that. And I guess he's a normal guy in this is 40. He's a normal Can't guy. Can't you see? Here. We don't want you here. He was alive. <laughs> now do it with the British accent. You bastard. Wavering. <laughs> Wavering British accent. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, kind of a silly plot. But hey, you got to get the action going here. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Um, What about... The big man himself. Let's talk Sly. How, how we feel about his performance. He's coming off some flops. Oscar. Ooh. Stop from a mimo shoot. So this was right on time. And he's got Demolition Man this same year. So, yeah, all eyes oh, yeah. were on Sly in 93. And I was happy about it. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, talk about needing a, a hit desperately. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. so that was a good year for him. H- have you yeah. seen Stop from a mimo shoot recently? It's traumatizing. No. <laughs> Not, not <laughs> since I was a kid. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of Estelle Getty because I'm a big Golden Girls fan. Really? But uh, but uh, so I've been thinking about revisiting it. I love girl, Golden Girls. I watch it. I watch like an episode yeah. almost every single night. Serious. So does my mother. Apparently, go fucking figure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's. I think he's a lot of fun in this man. I think that. Mm-hmm. I mean, all right. I'm gonna say when he kicks Quaylen off the fucking helicopter, which that that climax is pretty great and he has whatever the pun is like keep your hands <laughs> yeah. inside that i'm like what what are you what are you doing right now this is this, <laughs> no one would do this not even not even arnold would do this you're literally like hanging on for dear life here don't pause for a fucking pun sure. um but you know throughout the rest of the movie i his puns are pretty good yeah. they're fitting i think i think the character is actually somewhat believable i i really 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 like the setup in particular between the characters of Gabe and uh, Hal Tucker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tucker, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the character played by Michael Rooker, because the, I mean, yes, Rooker's character, Tucker is completely, you know, guilt. Or he was, he's way more guilty in this situation with his girlfriend dying than Gabe. But I love the, the, the dynamic between the two that they were best friends. They've had this tremendous falling out because Tucker blames Gabe for his girlfriend's death. Which not entirely without reason. I mean, he was yelling to him not to get on the line with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, I could kind of see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I I'm not crazy about the moment when Hal is about to throw Gabe off the cliff because like there's just no suspense there. You're like you're 
you're not going to kill the protagonist 20 minutes into the fucking movie. <laughs> <Bin>. <laughs> there's, no, there's no drama to that. It just seems like an overreaction. But yeah. I really, really like that once they're in the situation where they've been caught up with these international criminals and they're kind of like in it together where where Hal says to Gabe, he's like, if you can, if you can get away, run. He's like, would you? And through the rest of the movie, he's trying to like get this person back who like in a lot of ways is kind of like, fuck you. And it'd be easy in a, in a way for him to kind of leave him hanging. But instead, he puts mm-hmm. himself over and over again and it's not and, and never once do I get the feeling like Hal does at the beginning of the movie that he's trying to redeem himself and, and mm-hmm. trying to like do that. I think he's just like doing his job and doing what he needs to do. And I actually find it pretty convincing for a movie that's so muscled and ripply and full of like pun. You bring up a lot of great points there. Um, and I love Sly in the film. Like, I mean, he's always been really good at when he's asked to, to be soulful and, and tender. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, but I like the decision in here to make him just a guy that like is good at his job. He like, it'd be so easy to also have him be like a former Delta op or uh, op guy and like have all these fucking big fight scenes, but they don't do that. Even with the fight with Leon, like he's getting his ass kicked. Uh, and I kind of dug that even for an egomaniac, like Sly to, to, to let that, to let that slide. But yeah, he's just a resourceful guy trying to do the right thing. Uh, so yeah, I like the writing of the character. I, I do have to Brandon. admire that. <laughs> Shit house. What? Shit house? <laughs> oh no! Okay. Fine. <laughs> Jokes don't work if your microphone don't work. That's this is. Uh, <laughs> um, uh I, I this is uh yeah never have a problem before this i record a four, literally a four-hour live stream for to like do my <laughs> podcast every two weeks never had a problem but oh, we, we can bear, we can bear with you man Welcome so you did this podcast <laughs> <laughs> my first hundred episodes you could not hear me this is true. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I was saying with Sly, like even when he's playing in every man, he's still built like a brick shit house. Like it's yeah. you know, his ego yeah. will not let him be he'll like even when he was fat in Copland, he's like, come on, come on. He's huge, big bear. This is fat. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you're you guys getting some Dark Knight Rises vibes and that incredible fucking uh airplane mid-air airplane airplane heist. Fucking awesome. Yeah, the most expensive uh, stunt at the time ever, apparently. The dude uh, making his way across that line, which I didn't really think that much about at the time. I mean, I, you know, I'm impressed by it, but like I wasn't, I've seen it so many times since. But I was actually really impressed with the, the pilots of the two planes flying so close to one another. Yeah. I'm like, that seems really hard. Not that I can fly a plane at all, but that, yeah, just, that whole sequence is great. You're kind of desensitized to the classic old school stunts nowadays. So, so to imagine that this guy's actually on this wire in between yeah. these two planes is so fucking awesome. And yeah, they had to take out like what, like a million dollar insurance policy for this guy. Like, if he dies, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, this is an awesome scene, though. Great setup. Yeah. You know what I really, really liked about that scene? Because I had forgotten that uh, the character Travers was the one that was the bad guy. So, like, but you know, as you're watching the scene, you know, one of these guys has flipped. At least one of these guys has flipped. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I'm watching the movie and it's like, you know, it's Rex Lynn, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's, and there's Bruce McGill, which, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this guy's, it's fucking Bruce McGill. Bruce McGill and, and then there's. 
Right. And then there's our, our guy that ends up kind of like being the heroic one. And then there's a some motherfucker who doesn't say anything. He looks just like Joe Manchin who just kind of dies. But like you're, you're watching the movie and it's like, well, obviously Bruce McGill is going to be like an important figure here. Sure. And it's, it's so like a, it's like a Janet Lee moment. Like it's, it's yeah. Bruce McGill's big Janet Lee moment because you're like, you may not know his name, but you know that mustache face, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Like you're like, face. there he is. Right. You, and then so for him to not even have a line, I don't think, and then to just get killed, you're like, shit, this isn't what I was expecting. And then it turns out that this other guy's like being like the superhero and like there's so many Uzis in this movie, but he's like got this <laughs> super effective fucking Uzi uh, that he can shoot yeah, from one plane to another. This guy is like the most incredible Uzi man in history of Uzi man. And, and remember in the beginning, I was thrown off too because he looks like he's straight out of central casting as like a, a like a Russian agent pretending to be right. American. And they even say, "Hey, can this can this my friend get a ride on the plane?" And you're like, "Oh, of course he uh, managed to secure a seat on this plane, and he's the terrorist now." But no, right. he just kicks everybody's ass, and it's a fucking he, great scene. <laughs> yeah, he ends up being like the fucking X factor that uh, throws the whole thing into play yes. because he's indomitable. Which I I really really liked that. I thought yeah, that, was that was really cool. 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 And going, um, going back to the opening, dude, leave it to the fucking 90s. I love the 90s. You always have this opening scene where, like, the lead character has, like, the, the traumatic thing that's going to haunt him for the rest of the movie. Like, he's going to have to pay for it. This is in every single action movie in the 90s. Brennan, buddy, you still with us? I think I just heard you laugh. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm still here. I, I'm still here. I'm turning, I'm turning <laughs> off the video and hoping that uh, helps whatever the fuck is going on. Oh, okay. We can okay. hear you loud and clear, man. Sounds great. Now we can. Well, that, yeah. Well, I'd say. Well, we shall see how long it lasts. Uh, <laughs> the the this. Uh, I yeah. Anyways, moving moving on. Back moving to on. back to the amazing aerial stunt that I love. They yeah. they had to film, which you may have covered already, in America because no one in Europe was going to ensure that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that. Right? That's funny. Yeah, they filmed everything else, of course, in Italy, but no, they they had to go to America for that because even the Italians were like, no, there's not enough graft in the world to make this okay. (laughs) (laughs) I also love that uh, Sly broke his hand on a soundstage and told everyone he broke it on a mountain. So (laughs) everyone thought that he broke his hand mountain climbing. Oh, he's filming Cliffhanger and he broke his hand, surely. (laughs) Uh, Punch in a mountain. You should have seen the other guy. I, I gotta say, Stallone. That's a guy who I've I've talked to one person who's met him in real life. Oh, and he he was such a dick. <gasps> no, he was. Dude. I, I knew I knew someone who who worked at the Pan Pacific Hotel in Vancouver, and supposedly, if you're dealing with Sylvester Stallone, at least in this particular situation, you are not allowed to turn your back on him. Like oh, no one turns like, their back on Sly. like a monarch. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, like, if you're doing whatever, you back, you have to back away from him, like he's a dangerous bear that you're worried you? might turn at any moment. Ugh. And uh, yeah, Absurd. I mean, I've heard right, he's yeah. good to work with, you know, if you're like, if he respects you. But right. if you're just, uh, you know, if you're like, what's his name, the the um, George Cosmatos from mm-hmm. uh, Cobra, mm-hmm. he just, <laughs> you are his bitch. You're gonna steal his movie and direct it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the story about Tombstone, right? Stallone recommended oh, yeah. his mottos because he said he's easy to push around. <laughs> yep. And Kurt Russell pushed him around, took the movie over. <laughs> yes. Well, and, you know, Sly has been having this, like, slow motion Instagram meltdown for some Dude. time now, which is yeah. just uh, so yeah, embarrassing I had to watch. Uh, yeah, he's, like, calling Irvin Winkler, like, a vampire Nazi from hell, and then he's the, the worst piece of shit Hollywood's ever seen. Just some really unprofessional 
Yeah. Weird going bullshit. After, going after a guy in his 90s because you, Sly, made a bad deal with yeah. your property over and over. You're telling me in like fucking 50 years of these Rocky movies, there wasn't an opportunity to to start a new deal and, and, and get the rights? Like now all of a sudden you're going to like, I mean, he, I think he's also going through a divorce or something, which was probably triggering a lot of that. But it's always, it's, it's just really hard to watch boomers have social media. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, have you seen this? Uh, I think I sent you the link, Travis, the, uh, these like live in person thing, thing he's doing in Hollywood in December. No, you didn't. Oh, did you? I can't remember. He's, he's, like he's it. doing this like live in person event. Oh, and he did. Yeah. Tickets start at 400 pounds. <laughs> 400 pounds and them in the audience all have to walk out of the theater with 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 their back not facing him. <laughs> Fuck. that's gonna be, be hard to navigate it's gonna it's be like, a, a like, reverse tramp tramp like tra- trampling <laughs> it's like the silence in doctor who you you're afraid, you're afraid to turn away first you're gonna forget no apparently yeah because he, he's going through the divorce so he's he's just announced selling these uh die cast figurines of cobra they're like 12 inch figures Ooh, i want to yeah. say they're about 400 bucks you oh, order them now they deliver them next summer uh <laughs> oh, okay yeah real good oh, turnaround there yeah okay they're doing, they're doing one of uh, first blood's uh rambo and mm-hmm. then he's doing Ooh. this live event which is literally he is being asked pre-selected curated questions wow so there's no audience interaction you go there's a band you have dinner and then he is sitting on stage and some schmuck asks him puff like softball questions and then you go home 400 to 800 dollars poorer <laughs> sounds like a great night for everyone involved especially sylvester stallone yeah especially if your name sylvester stallone <laughs> he was charging 400 bucks for his autograph at new york city Why? comic-con yeah that's yeah. i mean right well sly fuck it i'm Come sure he's man. really struggling for money <laughs> I mean, have you seen Samaritan? I, I suspect. I actually, I didn't. I've, I've cruised right the fuck over Samaritan every time it comes up on my screen. <laughs> oh man, it's did not terrible, guys, but yeah. it's not great. Oh no. Okay. No. Going back to the film, did did you notice this bizarre credit that I've never seen before in a movie based on a premise by John Long? Yeah, the mountain climber John Long. So it's the movie is based on a premise with a story by someone else and a screenplay by two other motherfuckers. That sounds like a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So I think what ha- I I'm pretty sure I read about this. There was a lawsuit. So oh. the, the the original script came to I think it was um might have been Canon. No, it wasn't Canon. Corelco. Corelco. That's it. Came to them and they were they were making Gale Force, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, like Stallone v Pirates during a storm. And the the budget for that went to like 45 million. So they said, no, we're not doing it. They switched to cliffhanger because they had the script. But I guess after it was in production or maybe after it was made, this, I think it was John Long came along and said, uh, you know, I told, like I get, I had this idea a ways back. I told it to this guy. Ooh. He turned it into a screenplay, something like that. Ooh. Oh, so nice. in subsequent releases, he got us, I believe that's what it was. He got a story by credit. Oh, okay. well, okay. If you got, if you got, if you got paid and, for for his for his really incredible unique and genius idea of die hard on a cliff yeah what uh, if a guy gets in trouble in the mountains that was my idea i thought of that one night <laughs> should so be in the specific. snow hey, it should be in the snow so, mclean loses his shoes my guy loses his jacket <laughs> <laughs> doing <laughs> 
<sighs> I always love it in a movie where someone's wearing night vision goggles when you can see as plain as day <laughs> without them. <laughs> Maybe even better. Brilliant, beautiful moonlight. <laughs> I, I, I'm never on board with shooting day for night. Like, it just Ugh. never looks right. It never looks right. Especially if you have some motherfucker wearing these glasses. And, like, the, the old... The old flare to the yep. uh, to, to flare <laughs> to the night vision. The old flare to the night vision. Get you every time. You fell well, victim to one of the classic blunders. I, I feel like too these movies had like a, a really tenuous grasp grasp on exactly what night vision goggles do, you know, <laughs> and what they were capable of at the time. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, you can see at night. Sure, fine. Okay, he's wearing them. I don't know if no. Nope, shut up. I said he's wearing them. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's like the bolt gun in the film. Oh, yeah. the bolt gun. Yeah. You know, which is not a thing that exists. They're like, eh, oh, fuck it. He just magic. shoots bolts into the mountain. I'm sure that will no, not <laughs> spray fragments of rock back in his face, which will cause yeah. him to fall off the mountain. I like to think of myself as a critical thinker, but I did not at any moment second guess that. I'm like, yeah, bolt gun. These things exist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what the fuck do I know about mountain climbing? Have you guys Damn. ever seen uh, the Bruce Willis movie Color of Night? Yeah. No. With, with his dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So in, in the, that's got a film with a nail gun written by someone who has never been even, I suspect, in the same zip code as a nail gun because <laughs> that thing is used like a sniper rifle. Oh, it can <laughs> shoot nails? Oh, yeah, shoots nails like from a distance with pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, that's you know, not how that works. No, no. <laughs> and, but the, the plot hinges on Annie it's Oakley. Vital to the, the story. Oh, yes. Yeah, Annie Oakley nail gun actually is vital. <laughs> Yeah, come on, guys. Like, I'm sure you researched something between lines. Can we not just, you know? No, no we can't. <laughs> Can we talk about Janine Turner? Where is she? Yeah. And is oh. she the most beautiful woman in the, that's ever lived on Earth? She's, I don't a right know. Wing, I know. she's a right wing pundit now. Oh. Okay. That, well, bye. So she beautiful she may still be, but her soul is rotted and terrible. It's ugly. Uh, no, I mean, I think I, I assume that there's a reason why people. I mean, no, that's not true, especially when it comes to to actresses as they start to age, they, they don't necessarily get the same roles that they should. Um, yeah, so never mind. I was going to go somewhere with that, but doesn't make sense. So I, I take it back. Um, I, I think we need to address, and I don't know if you guys have seen this. I, I and I, unfortunately, I did not bring a visual aid, but the expression, the maniacal expression. On the face of the actor playing Frank. Oh yeah, <laughs> as, the big grin. And she, yeah. yeah, that big I just blew in my pants grin. As <laughs> what's her face is like hanging for her I life. Saw that, dude, I was. Am I seeing this right? Is he laughing? <laughs> <laughs> the mountain will feed tonight. <laughs> I'm so, and like, and he's a big deal. What's his name? Thwaite? Ralph Waite. Ralph, Ralph Waite. Yeah, who's in? Absolutely. He's in all these movies that I've seen. That I don't remember right. him in. Apparently, like like Cool Hand Luke. But I can only assume that he didn't know the camera was on. He didn't know that this was supposed to be a dramatic scene because he's laughing his ass off <laughs> as this woman's about to die. He's just thrilled. He looks delighted. Yes, he is, man. Damn it. It's a it's awesome that like nobody really noticed that for so long because you're so like engrossed in what's happening. Yep. But if, yep. once you see it, you can't unsee it. Can't Motherfucker unsee it. grinning ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what else I would have you know what I would like to have seen in this movie? I would mm. really liked somewhere there's like Roger. an out an outtake 
of of Sylvester Stallone grabbing a rabbit and trying to wrap a fucking like uh, beeping tra- tracker <laughs> thing around it. The rabbit getting away from him and like it's got chase the rabbit and like trying to strap the thing on. I'm like, this yeah. would have been comedy gold if this if they shot this and put it on the screen. Jesus, I want to see the scene where he's leaving out Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah, he's leaving much. Lucky Charms out and he just beats the shit out of the rabbit once he catches it. <laughs> I also wouldn't have minded the scene of watching him make a snowman. Like that would have been kind of oh, awesome. dude. When Travers punches that snowman, I laugh my ass off. <laughs> you know, I make jokes, but I actually really like I really, really like about the character that at no point does he like take some of the bills and stuff them down his pants. At no point sure. is Gabe remotely interested in this shit at all. Now, if you burn three million dollars or a hundred million dollars, whatever, that's that's not going to warm you up for very long. That that's just paper. It's you're, you're, thank you for the light, but still, like his complete uh, dismissal of the like in so many movies, I, th- I think this action movie does some things that a lot of action movies wouldn't do. Most action movies would have had like that opening sequence where the girl lives and you get to see what a great hero he is. Mm-hmm. Most action movies would have been like, oh, and the hero at the end, actually, he got the money. He was, he was yeah. able to squirrel some way. Oh, I got the one yeah. diamond at the driving, end or some Driving chip, right? on the ghost highway with the suitcase in the passenger seat. No, they don't right. go there. <laughs> they don't go there. And I actually really, really respect that. <laughs> Apparently, the initial draft, the first draft of the script had him, the beginning of the film, he actually saves an eagle. <laughs> no. That, I saw that in trivia somewhere. He oh saves an eagle. True. You know? That, like, that and, really and I would have loved to have seen that. Like, I love America. <laughs> Fly, my yeah. child. That would have been, I mean, there would have been no need for, for Ace Ventura to parody that. It would have already been Ace Ventura, like, basically. Like everything in the scene is the same except the woman is an eagle. Like he went out <laughs> on the line to get it. <laughs> Michael Rooker is very concerned Rooker, about it. Rooker is yelling at him. Frank's laughing. There's a plan to get dinner with the eagle later at night. <laughs> Are we still on? <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Well, well. So, um, where have we have we exhausted ourselves on points from this film? Is there anything that we've left out? Body count, I think, is 18. The squib counts off the charts. I mean, this is. I mean, it's profane as fuck. This is a true. Cold-blooded action movie from the '90s, man. I mean, what what is Max Perlick and his other like ski bum buddy? <laughs> yeah. What are they doing in this movie? Yeah, they're they're movie? there, they're there. Why? Just being mercilessly slaughtered because Rennie Harlan hates people. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally like they show up to just be some innocent victims. Like they yeah. they serve. They really I, I, I like. I'm trying. Like, why, like, as I'm watching the movie, like, why are they here? Why is Frank here? Like, what is what purpose mm-hmm. do these characters serve other than to show up and get dead? And Frank actually, like, basically delivers the helicopter to the bad guys, and that's yep. the reason his character exists. It's true. Max Perlick or Perlitz, whatever you yeah. say, I don't yeah. actually know. Um, him and his buddy, they serve zero function. It's, it's odd because you have these type of characters, like, like, and me, the state, like Jack Black, is that character. But its purpose is to introduce the danger of the, of the plot to the audience in a fun way. We already know the stakes here. So, like, why, why do we have these dipshits? <laughs> and when they jump off the mountain, like, like they jump off a mountain and then they're, like, miles and miles in the sky. I'm like, no. <laughs> I saw that they really jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> Clearly. Like three Mount St. Helens stacked on each other. They're just, like, randomly base jumping for fun. Come on. <laughs> they jump off a mountain and there's, like... <laughs> directly below them miles and miles but like this is not how things work no 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 it really isn't 
I don't know. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. Aspen um, Extreme just came out. Maybe they were trying to uh, coattail his success. It's it's not bad enough. They get shot and fall off a mountain too. He's got to get attacked by wolves at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, just for funsies. Yeah. Which wolves attacking in the wild? I'm not really crazy about that trope in film, but at least it makes sense. He's got blood all over him and stuff. I laugh my ass off when Stallone and uh, Janine Turner are in the cave and they're freaking out about the bats. I'm like, this is not the first or last movie to have characters afraid of a bunch of bats. But I'm like, every time I see this in a movie, I'm like, you might as well have them fighting a bunch of squirrels. Like, this is not dangerous. It's this, what, this is just funny to me that you're all just screaming at bats. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. I was pretty scared. You're scared? Yeah, if I see a bat, I'm going to run away screaming. <laughs> right, if I see a bat, I'm going to like try and pet it. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't I can't think of a less terrifying animal myself. I mean, it's like a, it's like a furry, it's like a flying squirrel. Anyways, you've seen bats. You know what they are. Um, I've got more complaints about Lithgow's notes in here than I probably needed to take. Yeah, please. Um, I'm ready for him. I mean, his accent, I mean, just, I mean, when he says the kill a man and you're a murderer kill a million and you're a conk i'm like oh my god this line with i mean i love lithgow so much he's terrible in this uh, he's terrible in this i'm sorry dude he's really bad he's uneven he's he's like there's no sense of glee or mirth it's just like he must have been having a bad time i don't know i I, a lot of people, when we said we were going to do this movie, were like, oh, I love Lithgow. He's a classic bad guy. And I'm like, and I love Lithgow. I love Lithgow. I, I, I think he's annoying in this. <laughs> he's Again, he's he's so over yeah. the top. It's like he's it's like he's got an older brother who's a much more evil terrorist. And so he's trying super hard to be like, no, I'm more evil. Fuck I'm him. more evil. I'm going to shoot this rabbit. Then we're going to have to reshoot the scene because that really <laughs> pisses everyone off. We kill a bunch of people. That was not on. Eric, we grew up in Pennsylvania. What is this accent? Don't buy the accent, you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Although I do think that the, the moment that rings least true in the entire movie is when the British henchman uh, asked him if asked, uh, <laughs> asked if he likes soccer. I'm like, no, he fucking oh. wouldn't. No, he uh. wouldn't say that. I don't <laughs> it's like the most hollow moment in the whole film. Oh man, it's cringe. And I'm he watching it, I'm like, empty. I'm like, Rooker, take the knife out. Why are you just being a punching bag? <laughs> yes, he waits till like he's literally dangling off the mountain to make his move. Like, how did you know you were going to get that opportunity? Like, bizarre. We'll we let him kick me it. until his leg is sore. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta outlast his leg. Break his toes on my teeth. I'll get him. <laughs> what is happening here? One but... more kick to the face. I'm gonna see if my knife fell out of my pants or not. <laughs> Strange. But fun. Well, and that kind of gets to the heart of it, I think, is that mm -hmm. you know there's there's a there's a lot of fun. I mean, the, the movie again, like there, there's puns. The what, what I think the last thing that Stallone says is, "Um, I'm out of here." Or like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like an explosion, and he's like, "I'm out of here." Credits. Like, oh man. <laughs> Bizarre. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of credits, um, nine minutes. Worth of credits? I I'm, I was, was amazed. It? I'm like, is this uh, is this a Disney movie? Like, what's why is it they're nine minutes? But my favorite part was in the credits. There was credited was Thor as Thor. Who's Thor? The rabbit? I I mean, it, it, yeah, it, may, it must be the rabbit. 
That's all I could think of. Is there a That's dog? Me. I feel like Thor might be a dog. It sounds like a dog's name, but do you remember a dog in the movie? Because there's a dog. I'm pretty sure there's a dog named Thor in Bad Moon. And that was made in 94. <laughs> so it could have been the same dog? Be Thor. Fact Maybe. check that. He's, uh, How many Hollywood critters were named Thor in the early 90s? Could have been more than one. What? I can, I can look this up now. This is important. This is, We've never nothing. done anything more important than discover who is Thor. This is vital. I mean, he's the man of many names, I guess. There's lots of Thors out there. He might be he might be combing through for a while. The dog of bed. And, okay, well, now this is bullshit because I'm going to get nothing but Crips Hemsworth. No, that's not what uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Under Siege 2, Dark Territory? Ripping yeah, Death? I'm sorry. She They sent that like... 750. I'm I'm really bad at this at putting the, oh, the comments this, up. that was we were talking about uh, action films from the 90s. Yeah, yeah, we were. Oh yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, dark, dark territory. Dark territory. That's <laughs> awful. Yeah, Under siege decent. Part two. Who was who was the bad guy in Dark Territory? Was that was that Gary uh, Busey? Busey? Yeah. No, no, that was that was the first one. Part two, dark. I don't know. I have to look that up. It was up. Eric Bogosian. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, was. you're right. That, that was. was so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I felt okay. so bad for him because I love talk radio. Talk radio is one of my favorite films. Amazing. And yeah. then I'm watching it, just slumming it with that piece of shit, Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he put himself right. in debt making talk radio. I don't know. Well, uh, it's about that time. It's about that time. Let's let's discuss uh, what do we think of this movie? Anybody, want, Eric, you want to go first? I what talked it up thoughts? last year. Yeah, last year I watched it, and it had been since like. 94, 95, since I kind of broke the VHS tape and never replaced it. Um, so yeah, last year, I was hooting and hollering. I was calling it, I literally called it the best action movie of the 90s. And remember, I'm talking straight action, not talking action comedy, action sci-fi, action romance, like or anything like that. Um, I still think it's way up there. I'm hard-pressed to find another one that's just straight, dumb entertainment. We got great stunt work here, Okay. We got incredible practical stunts and beautiful scope and uh, fun writing. I mean, sure, it's dumb, but uh, it's fun. Uh, the film was nominated for a Razzie as best picture in 90, or as worst picture in 93. Completely unfair. I mean, there was such shit that year. Um, and I, I I don't know why this movie got a bad reputation uh, from uh, an audience either, because I think it's a fucking lot of fun. It's thrilling as hell. You got a premise that's executed really well by Rennie Harlan, in my opinion. Fellow Finn, uh, Rennie Harlan. And um, I, I still love the movie. I, I have a lot of fun with it. I, I absolutely think it holds up. It's fucking fantastic for me. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I second that. I think I think it's too, its biggest fault is it has no sense of humor. It's like, like Harlan, I think, is at his best if there's a little bit of a wink going on. You mm -hmm. know, I think that's why, like, Die Hard 2, that's got a sense of humor. <laughs> It's um, Ford Fairlane. I mean, I just watched that mm -hmm. for the first time a little while ago. It's a great, I mean, you know, sure, it's got Dice, but like, it's a lot of fun. If you can get mm -hmm. on board with what Dice is doing, it's a ton of fun. But this one is so fucking serious. And I kind of wonder if that had to do with Stallone because he'd come off that run of failed comedies. Yeah, maybe. He's like, no jokes. I'm not, people don't like <laughs> it when I make jokes, you know? I mean, we like it when you make jokes. You're just bad at it, you know? Because <laughs> I, I don't think he's ever made a, like a great comedy, like a good, even a good comedy. Because yeah. there's like Oscar, Stop My Mumble Shoot, Avenging Angelo, which is embarrassing. Um, oh, Rhinestone. Oh, oh <laughs> man. Rhinestone. Yeah. Awful. So you're saying it holds up? 
Yeah, I think I think it holds up. Again, it's it's a little too serious. It's got the stupidest, most incompetent villains in the history. But we didn't even talk about the fact that they tried to shoot a fucking avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that. That's right. That does we happen. He's they like did. shooting upwards. Yeah. <laughs> f- f- first, he he fires a rocket. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I know what we're going to do to screw a Sylvester Stallone. Well, we are also up here on this mountain with him. Yeah. Let's fire a rocket into the mountain. Bizarre. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think it holds up. Cool. All right. Then it's on me. Will this be a clean sweep? Uh, in a lot of ways, this movie is predictable, um, very traditional and kind of uh, cookie cutter in some ways. But as I mentioned, I think it also bucks against some of those things in surprising ways, especially for an action star that was clearly desperate for, well, not desperate, but badly wanting a hit in mm-hmm. the genre. And um, I think that the comedic moments actually in this film are usually weaken it. Um, I, I, it could have, it could have used more natural levity. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree like kind of like more like just kind of like there's no real, especially I think between Hal and Gabe, there could have been a little bit more interplay that could have been like more friendly and funny in mm-hmm. some ways to, to, to ground their history a little better. The puns, uh, very much come like, okay, we're in the last gasps of the, uh, the, what was normal in the 1980s for this genre. So we're going to keep doing this bit. Um, but you know what? Yeah. Uh, when I, usually when I finish a movie, I, you know, uh, I'm pretty much immediately aware of if I feel like it holds up or does not. And this is one of those times where there's no question to me that it held up. I didn't have to hem and haw at all. There's, it's a flawed movie. There's some, some very cheesy bits and, um, some, some misfires and stuff, but it's a fun movie. I mean, I, I, when I started, I was like, fuck, was it like a, an hour and 50? I'm like, this is longer than it needs to be. But I didn't get bored. I didn't get bored. I stuck with mm-hmm. it. And the action sequences were strong. And even the sets were, um, you know, a little overused in some places, but effective. Good good movie overall. Well, if you want to ruin your experience of it, though, remember at the end when Stallone is having his victory moment, he still doesn't know Frank is dead. Oh, shit. So he's yeah, going to come down off the mountain like, I can't wait to see my friend Frank after surviving <laughs> that nightmare childscape. Oh, by the way, Frank's got some new uh, holes in him. He's over there. But I'll tell you what, his art just really increased in value. <laughs> Damn. Someone call it a comeuppance for laughing at your friend's untimely death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my head that... cannon, Frank can never die. <laughs> he's grinning his way through hell, even still. Um, <laughs> so that is... Uh, Rennie Harlan's cliffhanger. All right. Three holds up. I bet if Mike was here, he probably would have said it held up too. That's my guess. That's awesome. So at this point is when we typically announce, uh, what our next feature film will be that we're discussing. Uh, Brandon, I actually already told you, but it's an opportunity for you to learn Eric and the listeners to learn. It's October. Yeah. It's time to get yeah. into the spooky shit. I'm all about that spooky shit. Uh, I often have the opposite problem as you, Brennan, where uh, the people in my life do not want to get into the spooky shit. And they're like, oh, you're talking about stuff in the sky again. Please stop. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm excited to uh, get us back into a horror movie. And it's been a very long Ready? time since we've done a non-English language movie. Oh, I'm taking us to South Korea. Damn. Now, Mike... If you're listening, I bet all of the money I've ever had in my entire life that you've never seen this movie. Um, Eric, you I think you have. 
I want to take us back to a movie that I've seen one time since since the podcast started and thought, I think this might be one of the better horror movies I've seen. Mm. The South Korean 2016 film from Na Hong Jin, The Wailing. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely excited. I think this uh, needs to be, well, I'm hoping, I'm not going to show my cards, but this needs to more outreach. More people need to know about the film. Have You, you have seen it, right? Yeah. Eric? Okay, Yeah. good. Brennan, you have not? I have not. I suggest it, man. I do suggest it. I suggest it to all the listeners. It's streaming on a whole bunch of shit right now. It's mm-hmm. on like Tubi. It's on. It's on like everything. It's really easy to find. <laughs> good old so, Tubi. Good old tubes. Um, <laughs> so that's it for us for now. You could email the show at cinema nine pod at gmail dot com. Please, you know, leave us a uh, review, a rating, do all the things that you know help us get up in the rankings and that kind of stuff. We solely appreciate it. Brennan, dude, again, I really very I've been wanting you on the show for a long time. I'm, I'm glad that you were so eager and uh, accommodating to come on with our kind of wonky schedule because there were some issues with that too. But man, it's been really great having you. Oh, this has been a ton of fun, man. And uh, again, I you know come back. You know, I'd love to come back anytime. Sure, and uh, next time, I will not have these problems because I figured out literally in the last ten minutes. No, what was it? Yeah. Uh, the Bluetooth headphones that I started off using kept reconnecting and pulling the <clears throat> pulling the connection away from my headset and microphone. So nothing to do with the Wi-Fi, okay. nothing to do with overheating computer, just a cheap <laughs> pair of piece of shit Bluetooth headphones. It's all it's, good, man. It's uh, really fun to learn that the, at the very end, right? Right. Oh, I was I was real happy, <laughs> real happy with myself. <laughs> so check yeah. them out over on do you have like a, a collective pod uh, is largely the truth like a, a host for your other uh, sites or uh no i usually send people to ghost story guys go to ghoststoryguys.com uh, we're on all podcast platforms everywhere and then yeah you can find me on twitter and instagram as largely the truth and um everything kind of it's those are the probably the places to go for me is is largely is uh, twitter and instagram and everything you can kind of find from there but uh, yeah, Ghost Story guys, and I want to give a special push if it's okay to uh, of our latest series, Transmissions from the Void, which is something I'm very proud of. It's a series of audio dramas, horror audio dramas based on short stories, mm. and so we've had three come out. Uh, that's all for this year. We're going to be doing some more next year, but they're I'm really proud of the work we did. You know, it's full cast. Each one has a different composer. Again, different cast, uh, full like sound effects. We have adapted some really cool stuff from some up-and-coming horror authors and uh, one established author as well, Paul Kane, who is sort of known for his work on actually the Hellraiser franchise. He wrote literally wrote the book on the Hellraiser franchise. Oh. So, that sounds awesome, man. I'm there. So yeah. then you, you can find those on the regular Ghost Story Guys feed, and yeah, they're called Transmissions from the Void. Cool. And all of that stuff is a, it's a good social media follow, too. It's uh, Your Instagram is, uh, your Ghost Story Guys Instagram is memorific. A lot of, lot of fun stuff there, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, man. It's been so good having you, Eric. It's always a pleasure to see you. Everybody, thank you so much for coming along for the ride. We will see you next week with The Wailing. We're going to have to go in that crack. I'm out of here. <laughs>